our topic for today, uh, what, what is, what's our first topic of our first meeting of the Power Hour? Uh, our first topic today is nine ways to make more money. I like that. So nine ways to make more money. You know, when, when uh, uh, Chris, when you and I were uh, putting this together, um, I was shocked by something that we found. And it's that 67% of all purchase loans that close, close with the loan officer that their real estate agent recommended. 67% of all loans close with a loan officer that the real estate agent referred to. That absolutely blew me away. And that leads exactly into the things that we're going to be covering today is, you know, building that relationship with quality realtors that have that ability to get you those uh, opportunities, to get you those at-bats, to be part of that, you know, 60 plus percent to get those transactions closed. And, that, and it's not that we can't work on the other stuff, but gosh, the lion's share, I mean, instead of trying to swim upstream, I'm a downstream kind of guy. So uh, so that that shocked me that that number was that high. Again, not that we can't work on the others. And I'm sure on the out, on the power hour here, you're going to be discussing different ways other than realtor referrals. But boy, if you're going to pick one, the 67%, the thing that happens 67% of the time, that's a good thing to focus on. So uh, you mentioned a few, uh, just a second. So, so, uh, so what's way number one to make more money as a loan officer? Way number one is to up your realtor quality. The quality. What do you mean? The quality of the realtors that you're working with uh, is very important only to work with quality agents. When I'm talking about quality agents, I'm talking about real estate agents that have uh, at least eight buyer side transactions. Um, you know, realtors that have, you know, production that are active in the marketplace. Um, although, you know, unqualified agents, people that, you know, do a transaction here or there, you know, we, we don't ignore them. But in order to focus on making more money, you need to focus on the agents that are the higher producing agents that are have the clients available to be able to refer to you. That's the focus of one of the ways to up the uh, make more money is to up the quality of the realtors that you're working with. All right. So when you say uh, to make sure that we're focusing on agents that do at least eight buyer sides in the last 12 months, uh, you know, I saw uh, uh, my dear friend, uh, Brian Stevens, uh, who does a national real estate post. Some of you might know him from that. Uh, he came up with a stat the other day that he found and that uh, there was, let's see, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but it was something like there's 1.6 million real estate agents in the United States, 1.6 licensed real estate agents. And of those, only 800,000 in the last 12 months had any deal whatsoever. In other words, half the agents did zero deals and then a good percentage only did one or two. So when we're talking about getting agents that have at least eight buyer sides or more in months, we're really talking about like the top four or five percent uh, that are worthy of us reaching out to. And what I found, Chris, is that if I reach out just to a, a group of, a, let's say, 100 real estate agents and I, and I do any kind of strategy, any kind of class, any kind of new thing whatsoever that I'm trying to do to generate business, that if I'm just randomly targeting a group of agents, it's not going to work out because only four or five, maybe six of them have any business to refer to me in the first place. The other 95% have either zero deals or just one or two uh, throughout the year. 
and how that poisons my mind. If I if I go out and start teaching this class, I know you have an episode uh, coming up on how to classes to real estate agents. But if I uh, if I go teach a class to real estate agents and then I don't get referrals and I tell myself, well, this didn't work. Oh no, it's fine. We were just targeting a crowd that that doesn't have any business to send us in the first place. And so it can poison our mind. Hey, these things don't work when that's not true at all. I'm just, I'm fishing, I'm fishing in a, uh, a barrel that's got no fish in it. Right. And so I'm not, I'm not going to catch anything. Uh, Chris, is there, is there any particular way that you guys recommend? How do I find a qualified list? Is there a, a particular method that you use? Yeah, that, that's, that's a key key to this in upping the realtor qualities to be able to identify those qualified realtors. Um, you know, all the stats really are, are kept. Um, you can get it from the local MLS, the multiple listing service. Uh, there are services out there available as well. Uh, MMI, some other things that you can subscribe to on a monthly basis. And it'll get you all the data on the realtors, um, how many transactions they're doing, where they're doing them, the average um, purchase price, loan size, loan product program, things like that. That would all be really helpful in identifying who those top agents are. And anybody who's on the call uh, or, or, or the podcast, um, if they just want to send me an email, if they don't have access to that information, um, if they can just email me again at chris at mlbpowerhour.com, I'd be happy to help you direct you to where um, you, know, you need to go to get that information. But that's a key point and a key principle in the foundation of building and up quality the realtors is to know who to go after. Yeah, man, that's some, uh, that's some wisdom there. Uh, you, you, I know you talk about a little bit about like identifying and, and look, and, and you already made the statement. It's not that we're not cordial. It's not that we're not pleasant to the other, you know, quote, non-qualified agents. We just don't target them and do some, sometimes we get referral from them. Well, yeah. And, and are we grateful? Well, of course. And, and do we follow up with them and, and thank them and close them on time and give them great service? Of course. We just don't put them on the target of here's who we're spending our time uh, prospecting to because they likely don't have anybody we're prospecting with. Uh, any other things? I, I know we, we talked a little bit about ident identifying time vampires. And and uh, I don't know, that might be a little bit harsh of a term. And I'll, I'll, I'll raise my hand. I'm the one guilty of coming up with that term. And maybe that's not the best term to yeah, pick. That, that, those are the agents you know, that you're going to work with out of desperation who are just going to suck the time and life out of your business. You know, they, they have a, a transaction here or there. And after you've done one transaction with them, you feel the effort and the energy that you put into it. It's like you've done 10 transactions with you. Yeah. So again, kind of, you know, what you have is your time to focus the time on the qualified agents and, and try and really steer clear away from those, you know, vampire time suckers. Yeah. You know, you know the other thing I found with, uh, with a, uh, the lower producing agent and, uh, and and look, we all started lower producing. I know I, my my first month I closed zero, and my suspicion is everybody here, your very first month in the business, you didn't, only because you haven't had time, you probably closed zero too. And and back then, when I was only closing one deal a month or two deals a month, you know, I was somewhat desperate, and every deal had to close. And we find the same thing with the lower producing real estate agents, is that they get they have nothing but time to ask ten thousand questions about that one deal because it's the only one they have. And their lack of experience sometimes can show in their work. So going after those qualified agents is a great idea. All right. So number one way to make more money is up my realtor quality. And Chris uh, contacts you and you can help them uh, get that list of who's qualified, who's not in the area. What's way number two? 
Uh, way number two is to increase your loan amount. Um, as loan originators, uh, loan originators, um, the compensation is based upon you know loan amount. That's how we make our money based upon the size of the loan. So one of the ways to make more money is to increase your loan amount. Closing a four hundred thousand dollar loan compared to a two hundred thousand dollar loan will double your income without you having to increase your work. No extra effort in a four hundred thousand, but it's it's twice the commission. Yeah, and how do we how do we do that? How do we how do we target uh, the the larger loan amounts? Uh, you know, geographically, if you're in an area where you know your average loan amount is only two hundred thousand, uh, this fantastic idea that I came up with is uh, find a new area, find a new area where they have the four hundred thousand dollar you know properties. You know, could be, could be in a neighboring community, it could be in a in a neighboring state, or it could be in a you know in a state that's a distance away from you. But the opportunity to increase your income, if you increase your loan amount without having to have any additional expenses in doing it, is a key way. Uh, that's what number two ways to increase your loan amount in order to increase your income and make more money. And, you know, part of that might also go back to working with the right, you know, uh, and I'm using air quotes here, working with the right agents. And that I find, like in, in, I'm here in the Tampa Bay area, and it seems like agents focus in on the smaller you know, homes and some agents focus on the higher priced ones. And so I find, you know, what's a sweet spot for anybody's particular business, find those agents that are working those size of deals as a general rule of thumb. So it, it kind of also goes back to that uh, uh, higher quality. All right. So, so way number one was up my quality of agents I'm working with. Way number two, common sense, close higher loan amounts just by going after the people that's doing that. What's number three on our list here? Number three is get a bigger cup. What do you mean by that? Uh, get, getting a bigger cup gives you the ability to uh, target more people in more areas with larger loan amounts. Man, that's a, that, that, that's a great point. Where, where this one comes from, there's a, uh, there's a guy um, talking with a business coach. And uh, the business coach says, what's your market? And the guy said, well, I got a, I got a map. I put a stick pin where my office is. I got a cup. I put it over that stick pin, <laughs> drew a circle around it, lifted it up. That's my target market. And the big, fancy, high-priced uh, uh, business guru said, well, this is going to be a very short but very profitable meeting for you. Go get a bigger cup. Go get a bigger cup. Expound on a bigger area. And I, I would say, Chris, that it's never been easier to with modern technology and well, Zoom meetings like now, we have loan officers all across the nation uh, joining us today. And those that listen to the podcast, again, all across the country, uh, or I guess all across the world for that standpoint, that with today's technology and Zoom, we don't have to target the buyers and the referral partners in our own backyard. Everybody's gotten used to us being like a virtual world now. And I think as long as you're giving great service and closing on time, um, I think going in ever, ever expanding areas, uh, not a bad idea. Get a bigger cup, which kind of goes back to, um, you, uh, uh, you know, uh, picking, picking areas of different loan amounts, which I guess kind of goes, uh, toward number four. What's number four, uh, Re relocate. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That, that reminds me, uh, I had a loan. An officer that was in very rural Ohio, 
And uh, I was talking to him one time and he said, well, well, Carl, my average loan amount here is $130,000. And I said, well, dude, move, <laughs> right? It's like, move. I don't know if we have to actually do that, you know, because of the virtual nature, again, that we can do in, in targeting different areas. But, you know, I guess, I guess if you want to, if you want to sell balloons, don't try to sell them in your backyard, go to Disney, you know, kind of thing. So, uh and, and that also ties into, you know, the uh, what we were speaking about, um, since it is a, a Zoom virtual, you know, world nowadays, it's much easier for you to be able to connect with a realtor that's maybe not even in your town or in your city or in your state. Mm. And, you know, through the message that we talked about, about upgrading your realtors, the same method could be applied to target realtors in places that you don't even know about to be able to select those high producing realtors you know, those, those whales, those big fish out there to be able to target them and then to set up a coffee call, an appointment, a Zoom meeting um, kind of thing to be able to kind of uh, get with them and let them know that you're, you're interested in working with them. Yeah. You know, I got a buddy of mine, uh, Oliver Orlicky, um, a, a broker. He, he, he lives in Manhattan. And last I checked with him, he's not even licensed in New York. He writes at the time, the last time I talked to him, 100% of his loans, he closes in Florida, even though he lives in Manhattan. And, uh, you know, I, I asked him, well, why don't you just move to Florida? He says, because I want to live in Manhattan. I don't, I don't have to live in Florida to write Florida loans. I just target Florida referral partners, just start calling on them. They don't even ask me where I'm located at. They don't care. So, uh, so yeah, the, the idea that we can pick different areas uh, is pretty good. All right, so number one was up our realtor quality. Number, number, uh, increase loan amount. Increase loan amount. Number three, get a bigger cup. Number four, relocate. And what's number five? Number five is a uh, is a great one. Get paid more. Get paid more. That's that's it. You know, depending upon what kind of uh, uh, rates we're quoting, of course. But you know, and this is kind of a controversial area. So you know, when we're talking about the individual loan officer. Look, I, so I'm a branch manager, Chris. I, I know you you run a, a a a branch, right? And look, if I've got a loan officer that suddenly has gone from closing four loans a month when we met to now he's closing or she's closing fifteen loans a month, hey, you, you there's privileges, right? And so when you up your when you up your volume, you can ask for uh, a, a bigger payout. Now that's not always the case. Depend upon you know are they providing assistance and again what kind of rates are we quoting, but uh, getting paid more uh, you know on each loan. If I'm closing two loans a month, it's going to be a little bit hard to negotiate that. But if I'm closing eight, nine, ten loans a month by tar by doing these other things that Chris is saying today, you know that's, that's definitely on the plate. If you're, you're you're getting seventy five basis points on your loans and and the adjustment gets made to hundred basis points, you've increased your income by twenty five percent, and you haven't done any more work or overhead. <coughs> Correct. We, we call that free money. Free money. Everybody yeah. likes free money. Everybody likes free money. What's number six? Number six is grow your database. Mm. Every single time you add somebody to your database. That's where the money comes from. Yeah. You know, I saw a, uh, I saw a stat that when we're marketing to our database, and Chris, when you say grow our database, it's assuming that we're actually going to be marketing to these people. 
Yeah, so, having a database and not marketing to them is uh, pointless. Yeah. So I saw a stat and that for every people in our database, that we should be closing at least one loan a month just from the database. So for those of you listening, if you have 300 people in your database, you should be closing at least minimum three loans a month from that each and every month when you're, uh, when you're marketing to them. And let's just say if, I don't know, if you're making whatever, $3,000 per closed loan, you know, depend upon what your size of loans and, you know, what your, what your payout is. If you make $3,000 per loan and you sell another three because you're marketing your database, that's an extra nine grand a month. Where I come from, we have this saying, every nine grand helps, you know, so, uh, so I like that. Is there any kind of uh, recommendation you do for like marketing to our database, Chris? Like if, if I'm going to market to my database, how should I do that? Um, often, often, <laughs> and and with consistency, you know, a, a database is is like you know having your 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 car with gas. It always has to have gas in it. You can't run out and say, "Oh, I'll get gas next week." It has to be consistent, and and it, and it has to be set up where it's kind of being done automatic. Yeah, is 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 anybody on the on today's call? Is anybody currently calling your database? Anybody just by a raise of hands? So, um, so uh, can we pull somebody from the crowd, Chris? Is that okay? Sure. sure. So, Michael, you raised your hand first. What, uh, when, like, when we call our database, uh, like, how does that go? How, how, is there a certain amount of time? And, and again, we're not trying to put you on the spot here, but is there, is there a certain amount of times that you uh, that you call the database, or is there certain something that you say, or any any kind of method to it, Michael? Yeah. So, um, so thank you for, you know, allowing me to speak even. So, you know, I, I make calls every day. I'm text messaging, um, you know, current pipeline right in the beginning of the day. And then I'm going about people that I've met at networking events throughout the day, touching base with them. And then they automatically get dumped into my database and they get stored on my phone. And I kind of do it old school. I, I, I got this little cool little tip from an old school realtor and I go to my contacts. They're all start with realtors. And I literally just go to my contacts every day and I'm like, I haven't spoken to that realtor, close the deal. And so some of it's not methodical. The stuff that goes out on a campaign is methodical. It goes out every month. They get my newsletter. I, I, I take a big part of my newsletter. So that's me sending out that newsletter. But the phone calls, it's every day, Monday through Sunday. Um, you know, and I think if you love what you do, you're never going to work a day in your life. And I, I, I start calling in the morning and then I'm, I'm kind of reacting to the day in the afternoon. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So prospecting in the morning and then cultivating in the afternoon. Uh, I like that. Great, great stuff, Mike. Yes. We actually have four four steps that we use in order to grow the database. Tell me uh, one of the things that, that we do is uh, monthly, every single month, we have a, a newsletter, a hard thing that goes with a stamp on it and a address label that gets mailed out every single month to our database. Then what we do is, um, you know, again, if you have 300 people, it's going to be tough to call them all in a week. We just take it down to maybe, you know, two or three letters and we do it once a week where either a member of our team is making the call and they're just kind of reaching out. But that gets done, um, you know, by letter and it's done every single Wednesday. So that's one of the tasks that they do every single Wednesday. And then we also follow up with weekly at least one email per week to the entire database. And again, at least, you know, one text message throughout the course of the year. So snail mail once per month, calling those two letters of the alphabet in the database or, or three letters 
once a week to get through the whole entire list, email once per week, and then uh, text message at least once per year. I like that. So, so pick two. So like this week, and I heard you say like on Wednesday. So this Wednesday, you'll call the A's and the B's. Next Wednesday, the C's and the D's. The following Wednesdays, the E's and the F's. And just call them up. You know, I think a lot of people are hesitant to call their database because they go, you know, I haven't, I haven't talked to them in forever. It's been three years since we closed. And is it going to be weird? You know, I've always thought the good news is they don't know that we're supposed to be calling them, uh, you know, a couple, two, three, four times a year. And they're, they haven't been sitting by the phone waiting on, on us to call. Just call them. And the purpose of the call is just to thank them. And then at the end of the call saying, hey, nice catching up with you. Can I count on you anytime any friends, family, coworkers are looking to buy, sell, or refinance? Can I count on you to give me a call? Just that simple. So I think people are so worried about how the call will be received. Just like if the person that sold me my last car, uh, which has been, what, three years ago since I bought one, if they called me up today, I wouldn't think how weird of you to call me today. I'd think, dude, surprise you remember my name, right? So, and you want to call me up and thank me? Man, you can do that anytime you want to, right? So, uh, so I really like that. All right, so just reviewing again, uh, number one was up in the room quality. Number two was increasing our loan amount. Number three was getting a bigger cup. Number four was relocate. Number five was get paid more. Number six was growing our database. What's number seven? Number seven is if you want to take this step and get paid off of other people, um, becoming a branch manager or, or, or sales manager, building a team underneath you. Mm. I like that. Uh, you know, as a, uh, as a general rule, um, you know, I think one side of the business tends to attract us more than the other. And so for some of us being a branch manager, man, that is a great thing to do. And frankly, for some, and I've seen some very successful loan officers say, hey, you know what? I, I just don't feel like doing that. I just want to do my own production. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to either one. I think one's going to kind of draw your attention. Either way, I think leveraging other people, like number seven is getting paid off of other people. If I've got an assistant that's chasing all the conditions, uh, that's another way of getting paid off of other people that while they're chasing the conditions and putting out fires, I'm out prospecting, closing, you know, meeting more referral partners, getting a bigger cup, upping my realtor quality, these things that you're talking about here, Chris. And, and that's where the money is, is, is the prospecting part. And either A, be a branch manager and teach my loan officers at same principles or just hire an assistant. And if my volume isn't enough to, to dictate an assistant or to justify an assistant, I could, you know, like myself and Michael and say Valerie, we could share an assistant, even if we work at separate companies. There's nothing wrong with that either. So I, I love getting uh, paid off of uh, getting paid off of, uh, of uh, uh, other people. Uh, uh, Chris, uh, with uh, with uh, the uh, MLB wholesale, uh, do you find are most of y'all your clients uh, uh, branch managers? Or are they the end user loan officer? What what do you find most in your wholesale? Uh, we, we have you know branch managers that are producing branch managers, you know, but that brokers, you know, that own their own broker shops, and then their loan officers, you know, along the way. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right. So what's number eight, Chris? Number eight is decreased expenses. Definitely Man. a way to make more money. Yeah. Boy, I think it's it's what a great time to look at that, you know, is uh, decreasing expenses. You know, I would say where most people got in trouble last year 
year was in 2021 epic year, right? For those who've been doing this for any amount of time, for most of us, epic year. And then we built up a team. And then in 2022, when production went down a little bit, we tried to hold on to that same team. And being able to upscale and and downscale your team very quickly and very rapidly, uh, boy, that's a that that's a that's a good thing to do. Any 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 particular steps or anything to uh, to decrease in our expenses here, Chris? Absolutely, this is crucial. Again, especially in today's market, um, you want to make a list of everything that you're currently doing in order to bring loans in. in All the words, activities that need to be done in order to bring a loan in. So what is that very specific activity that I'm doing that's actually causing my phone to ring? Exactly, exactly. A key thing in, in measuring and understanding. Yeah. Um, and then you need to then go back and look at in the previous month, in the month of February, what loans came in as a direct result from the activities that I had in step one. So this is kind of peeling off the Band-Aid and looking to see what's inside that I might find myself being busy using my air quotes but maybe that busyness isn't being productive and, and taking a good look, what actually brought in the loans and do more of that. And what am I doing that didn't bring in loans? Uh, stop doing that and stop in, you know, buying those, those things. Is that, is that kind of sum it up? Absolutely. That's a, a key way to make more money is to spend less. To yeah. spend less on things that are not producing more money. Mm. A, a wise man once said to me that, to write small checks in order to collect big checks. Yeah. If you have a heavy investment in buying leads and you're not getting the results from it, I, I would stop buying those leads immediately. Yeah. You know, something else I found is uh, having, having expensive rent, like having a, and I think it used to be, there used to be an argument for this. I remember I had an office, this probably going back about 15 years ago, man, it was nice. It was really, really nice. One of the nicer buildings in town. Uh, it was very stately, you know, and I was really proud of that thing. And the rent was, uh, it, it was impressive. It was. But I think, I think as time is going, goes on, most of our clients don't even come into my location. It's all done, you know, online and virtual and Zoom and DocuSigns and everything like that. I don't think people care about where my building is anymore. Yeah, physical location, um, again, with technology has definitely changed. So that's one where you can decrease expenses. One of the places where you really can't is um, people is not the place to save money. Mm. you yeah, want to have a players around you and that's where you make your investment in you don't want to cut a players or or cut back on the expense of having a players in the in the hopes of trying to save money it's counterproductive mm. if you're an a player you're going to hire a player if you're a b player you're going to hire a c player mm. so just kind of keep that in mind as you're kind of evaluating new hires or even people that are on your current team mm. Man, that's that's some uh, wisdom there. You know, I I'm always grateful for the people that brought me on new, but you know, um, I, I wouldn't I would I wouldn't recommend necessarily doing that. You know, that if we're going to bring on people, uh, whether they're frankly whether they're loan officers or whether they're my help, I want to make sure that they've got uh, uh, experience and uh, you know know what they're doing. So I I I, I don't have time to be. Uh, training them. All right. So uh, what's number, what's number, uh, let's go back through our list one time more again, Chris. So number one was upping our realtor quality. Number two was upping our loan amount. Number three, get a bigger cup. Yep. Number four, relocate. Yep. 
Number five, get paid more. Yep. Number six, grow your database. And we talked about those things. Yep. Number seven, get paid off other people, starting your own branch or a team. Yep. Number eight, decrease expenses. And what's number nine? Number nine is always, 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 and I'll put an extra always in there, ask for the business. Mm. Talk to us a little bit about that one. Uh, that, that has to do with, you know, when you're with that realtor, whether it's a coffee appointment or, or you're on the phone with an update, any conversation that you have, any conversation that you're in, always, you know, ha have that, the, that language in there. Can I count on you to send me your next buyer lead? I'm really looking forward to working with you even more. Can I count on you to send me your next lead? Mm. You know, I think so many, there's, there's, um, gosh, I, I might, there, there, there's a, there, there's this, I think it's a caustic thing that some loan officers are taught, like you don't want to chase realtors or beg for business. And I was at a conference not too long ago and I had a guy say just that, well, Carl, I don't want to beg for business. And I asked him, I said, well, brother, what does that look like to you? What does, what does begging for business look like? And he said, well, you know, you, you ask for the business, they don't send anybody. And then you ask again. It's like, dude, we, we call that salesmanship where I come from. I mean, that's so my average, my average referral comes on the 5.7th time that I ask that agent for a referral. 5.7 is my average where I get a referral. Right. And I'm really good at what I do. And it's 5.7. And so I think this thing of asking is bad or asking is begging. Begging is like on my hands and knees pleading for my life. If I'm asking, if I'm asking Valerie for a referral and then I ask her again next week, that's not begging. That's just good old fashioned salesmanship. That's like McDonald's runs an ad to me every seems like 20 minutes going down the road, billboards, whatever. They're not begging for business. Right. They just got good salesmanship going on. And uh, so I, I think the old begging for business, I think that's a caustic message. I think that holds a lot of loan officers back. It's simply no such thing. It's an absolute fog. Uh, ask for the business. Whoever asks for the most business wins. What's some uh, what's some different ways that we uh, what's some different opportunities we can use to ask for business? One of the ways that uh, you can ask for business is uh, we have uh, something that we do here every Tuesday um, and, and our brokers that um, we, we work with as well to provide Tuesday update calls. Fantastic way to reach out to all the parties, the listing agent, the buyer's agent, the seller, the borrower, the title company, attorney, whoever's involved. And we do it every single Tuesday. That's our clockwork. We don't do it Monday one week and then Wednesday the next week. Every Tuesday, that's our update calls. And when we're entering into relationships with our realtor partners and the borrowers, we let them know Tuesday's our update call and we stick to that plan. So when we're in those conversations with them, we always end off with, you know, can I count on you to send me your next buyer lead? When you're doing your coffee appointments, when you're either yourself or somebody on your team is setting up those coffee appointments um, where you get to, you know, after you've done the research or we help you get the research done and you're able to identify quality agents to be able to meet them at that coffee appointment, again, a 15 minute appointment, whether it's on Zoom or face-to-face, -face, then to again, follow up the last conversation is, can I count on you to send me your next buyer lead? The Monday morning phone calls that we make, um, uh, loan officers that do open houses or have systems in place for open houses on, on uh, Sundays, 
Monday morning is a great time to reach out to the realtors and also to the clients as well to kind of just touch base and see how the open houses went. Again, asking, 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 asking. And if you bring value to them, it's much easier to ask because you're not only asking for selfish reasons of, hey, I need to get a deal. You're asking because you want to have them know that you're there to help them and provide value to them, not just to get the deal. Yeah. When you have confidence and competence, it makes it much easier to ask. And the people on the other side appreciate it. Because if you're not asking and, and they have a friend or a coworker or the realtor has somebody that's you know looking to buy a house, if you're not asking, they may forget about you. And then they can end up in what we call the mortgage pit. And Lord knows what's going to happen. That's why whenever we're in conversation, I'm always going to be asking. Because I care about the people that that client cares about. I care about the people that that realtor is working with. That's why I'm always going to be asking. You know, I, uh, there's a uh, there's a, uh, a guy that works in my office. He, what he talks about is you don't want to be ca get caught in the friend zone with our real estate agents. You know, where our real estate agent, we, we end up being everybody's friend and they know who we are. We go by the office and, hey, Chris, hey, Carl, and hey, Michael, and hey, Marco, you know, and saying hello to everybody. But if we don't ask for the business, we end up in the friend zone. And, you know, and that thought is, well, but they know who I am. They know what I want. Not until you ask. I'll never forget. I, I, um, uh, I, I met with a guy one time and uh, I had a lot of traffic for something. And uh, I met with him and he didn't, he didn't ask for my business. Right? He didn't ask for how I knew I could help him. And I came back in the, the office and uh, one of my people in my office, uh, Tammy, said, well, how'd the meeting go? And I said, well, I don't think he liked me. She said, well, what makes you even think that? And I said, well, he, he didn't ask for my business. And she said, you silly goose. He was, he was intimidated. He was afraid. Afraid of what? Like I, I. That's the whole purpose of the meeting. I thought was to, to to work together, and he never asked me for the business. So I, I took it that he didn't want to work with me because he never asked. And so I think that's something really important uh, that you bring up here, Chris. Is ask for the business. Don't assume. Don't end up in the friend zone, and uh, and ask for the business. You know, one thing. I, just one more. Th one more point on this is that when we ask for when people don't refer to us. People don't refer to us because of us. People refer to us because it makes them feel good about themselves. Let me give you a quick example. Birthday parties. And I don't care if you're talking about eight-year-olds or, 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 or people our age. That if it's, if it's uh, Claudia's birthday today and all together we bring Claudia a birthday present today, you know, what are we all doing when it's time for her to open up presents? What are we all doing? Open my next, open my next, right? You'll see little eight-year-olds, open my next, open my next. I think the person giving the gift actually gets more joy, literally, than the person receiving the gift. I think the same thing happens on these referrals. And I know when I refer my uh, air-conditioned guy, I like it when he calls me up and say, hey, Carl, thanks so much for that referral. It's like, cool, man, thank you. You know, I appreciate the little bit of recognition there. And I feel like I'm having a part of helping this guy out. It makes me feel good about myself. So when we're asking for referrals, we're also given an opportunity for somebody to feel good about themselves because they like to give because it makes them feel, I don't know, kind of important or special. So I, I don't think that's uh, something to be taken lightly either. So uh, Chris, uh, you want, uh, let's, let's one more time do a, do a quick uh, overview of the nine steps one last time. Okay, step number one, up realtor quality. Number two, increase your loan amounts. Get a bigger cup. Number three, relocate, whether it's virtually or physically. 
get paid more per deal, grow your database and follow the steps in order to be active in marketing to that database, get paid off other people, build a branch, build a team, decrease your expenses, look at the things that you're spending money on, see what the return is per deal that you're getting on those specific activities, eliminate the ones that aren't producing results for you and invest in A players. And number nine, always, always, always ask for the business. Man, good stuff. You know, this just reminds me that we have to become brilliant at the basics. That's all this really is, just brilliant at the basics. It reminds me of, uh, of the old story that we all know about, Vince Lombardi, famous Green Bay Packers uh, coach, uh, which is why they call the NFL trophy the Vince Lombardi trophy, right? Is I remember uh, he lost a playoff game. And the next year, the players came in thinking, all right, he's going to show us what we need to do new, what we need to, uh, like, what's the new trick play? Like, what can we do different than last year? And he surprised them. He brought in a football and he said, in this case, gentlemen, because it was the guy football league. He said, gentlemen, this is a football. Went right back to the basics and they went on to win the championship that year. And I think that's what we're all experiencing right now. And what you're saying here, Chris, is just getting back to the basics, making our calls, making our meetings, making sure we're targeting the right people and asking for the business and put it in our day. So it's structured, uh, you know, it's, it's on a structured basis, becoming brilliant at the basics. Good stuff, Chris. Thanks, Carl. Fantastic. Hey, Chris. So uh, uh, just for, uh, we appreciate everybody being here and just a quick shameless plug for MLB wholesale. So uh so here, here you are, you're, you're with uh, MLB, the owner of MLB Wholesale. Uh, for somebody that wants to start uh, start uh, uh, sending loans your way, uh, what's the best way for them to get hooked up with you guys? Next thing is just send me an email, uh, again, at the address, chris at mlbpowerhour.com. And we'll get you over your package, get things going for you right away. Uh, as a company, we have a pledge, in by 12, out by 5. Every day. In by 12. In by 12 if, I have, if, I have if I have a follow with you by, by, uh, by 12, I'll have my findings back by five? Correct. 100% of the time, every day. Wow. Good stuff, man. In by 12, out by five. What, what, if, it, what, if, it goes, what if it comes in by, uh, say, four o'clock? How, how does that work? If it comes in by four o'clock, then it'll be out by 12 the next day. So if it's after... If it's after uh, the noon time, then it's in by noon the next day. Correct. Yes, man. I like that. Good stuff. Hey, Chris, thanks so much uh, for uh, being here. Everybody. Thanks so much. It's a, a honor to have you all of you guys here. Uh, Chris, did we forget anything? We leave anything out? You think we covered it? Okay. I think we covered it. Great. Thanks Carl for uh, participating in this. Thanks everybody for being on the call. And uh, we look forward to seeing everybody next week.